Hi, I'm Kristen. And I'm Mike. And we're lost in the Sunnydale Stacks. And welcome to the Sunnydale Stacks, where every other week we immerse ourselves in the world of Sunnydale, California, and review two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This week we're reviewing Welcome to Hellmouth and The Harvest. But before we get into the episodes, Mike, I have been trying to not talk to you about Buffy so we can save yep. it for this podcast. So I'm dying to ask you. How did you become a Buffy fan? Uh, well, I was very late to the game with Buffy. I don't think... I maybe started watching it while the last season was airing or so. Okay. Got into it uh, on FX reruns, so it's one reason why I like FX as a channel still. Um, just residual uh, enjoyment over that. It was basically... <laughs> yeah. It was it was on in the afternoons when I didn't have anything to watch. I was like, oh, I'll try this show out. It looks kind of stupid, but... Uh. And uh, ended up uh, actually really enjoying it and watching pretty much the whole run on reruns at FX. And did, so did you start watching it with season, season seven or did you start watching it with like an old rerun? I think I started sometime around weirdly like um, the college years. So I went okay. back and watched the high school years, which was really weird in retrospect um, because there's such a big divide and such a like classic Buffy that people, when you first get involved in it, they tended to... Uh, to see that as kind of like the classic years and it's a big change into college when kind of uh, the classic Buffy to me when I started watching it was the college years. Interesting. Yeah. And were you aware of the show when it first came out? Is there a reason you didn't watch it? I I think it was basically that it was on like the WB. I just Fair. was so un, <laughs> uninterested in anything that channel had to offer. Good choice. Just, yeah. Good choice, I think. Yeah. It was like, oh, this is just Dawson's Creek, but they force vampires into it. Because um, <laughs> I don't think I had seen the movie at all. But yeah. So that was that was how I got into it. How did you get into Buffy? Pretty similarly, actually. Mm. Um, there was one night where, as per usual, I was fighting with my mom. Because teenage girls will fight with their moms. Mm -hmm. God only knows what it was about. It was pretty tooth and nail. And I stormed up to my bedroom in a hiss and slammed the door shut and turned off the lights because I wanted her to think I was sleeping. But really, I was going to watch TV. <laughs> so I used to do this thing where I would sit right in front of my TV and plug my headphones in yep. so they couldn't tell I was watching TV. Mm -hmm. And I'm clicking through the channels and nothing's on. Uh, and I think Buffy was on Fox on reruns. Yep. And it was on and I was like, oh, this show is dumb and there's nothing <laughs> else on. I have to watch this. And I remember it was season four, The mm. Initiative, and it was the yep. scene where Willow and Spike were talking about Spike's performance issues. Oh, okay. wow. And I don't know if I thought I was smarter than TV writers mm -hmm. or or if it was just a bad choice. But I remember thinking to myself, ha ha, this show's so dumb. It sounds like they're talking about his penis. Wow. Uh um, <laughs> teenagers are the best. Yep. Yep, uh, I'm definitely very glad I'm not a teenager anymore, although I love a lot of stuff set in the teenage world, oddly enough. I feel that at this age we can now properly enjoy them without the angst. Yeah, yeah. There's the, the Joss Whedon quote found on researching for the podcast, uh, where he says, you never quite really get over high school. It's true. Which I thought was kind of funny. It's very true. So I, it, I started out by laughing at the show. Yeah. And the next week, or maybe the week after that, I... Tuned it. it was another Sunday night. I fought mm -hmm. with my mom again. I huffed up to my room again, <laughs> and I turned on something blue. 
Okay. And Buffy and Spike make out, and they don't mean to, and there's funny <laughs> syphilis, and I'm laughing at the show. Yeah. The next time I tuned in, it couldn't have been the next week, because yeah. they're not sequential. Mm-hmm. I tuned in again to reruns, and at this point, I was like, ooh, Buffy, I'm going <laughs> to laugh at this. Yeah. And it was becoming part two. Oh, okay. Uh, and I, not even knowing what was going on, I yeah. bawled my eyes out. That's so and crazy. And I've been hooked since. Like, yeah. just really fought to find the episodes to catch them when they were on TV, borrow VHS from mm-hmm. friends. And it really has become a big part of my friend base where I have met mm-hmm. people from. It's how a lot of people, uh, what a lot of people associate with me. Uh, actually, the first yeah. day of college, the very first class, I was sitting listening to the professor talk about their sil- her syllabus, and um, she said, "I, you know, I like my t- my students to know a little mm-hmm. bit about me, so I'll tell you, I'm a big fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer." Yeah. And me and the girl next to me immediately stood up and went, "Ooh!" <laughs> and then she and I shared a look, and after class, we exchanged numbers. And that night, she showed up to my dorm with her Buffy DVDs and her new friend Catherine from her dorm. Yeah. Catherine ended up being my maid of honor. Wow. The next week, we went to Allie's dorm and watched it with some more girls mm-hmm. in the basement. Another one who ended up being a bridesmaid of mine. Mm-hmm. So it it's really had a big impact yeah. on my life. And I keep asking myself why it spoke to me so mm-hmm. much. So why do you think it really spoke to you? I think it was just kind of the combination of things I look for in a show. I'm very biased towards anything in the kind of genre setting of horror, sci-fi, that kind of thing. Good bias. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's a good bias. Because even when there's a bad one, there's something more interesting about it. And they have, I think, more potential to tell more kinds of different stories. And also, I just thought the writing was really solid. I think initially it was more the com- comedic stuff. And then later on, and I've, as I've rewatched it, I got more into the emotional stuff and the character-based stuff. And the kind of the journey of all the characters over there. Multiple seasonal arcs. Right. Well, I, I'm stuck on... Th- I mean, I kind of know why... Mm-hmm. It spoke to me. So when I what when I first tuned in to Buffy, I was definitely at a crossroads in my identity as a female mm-hmm. and what that meant. I knew that um, I had just figured out basically. I should say I was a giant geek yeah. in high school. Even my own core group of friends didn't really like me mm-hmm. and made fun of me a lot. I got picked on. I had mean nicknames. Girls bullied me. Boys <laughs> bullied me. It didn't go well. Senior year, I finally figured out what makeup was. I figured out how to dress. I lost some weight. And I had a few interactions, two in particular, that stuck out to me as a couple of popular boys started teasing me mm. in a very different way than they used huh. to. And I just kind of giggled, whereas usually I might tell them to go fuck themselves. Yeah. And it occurred to me, oh, if I dress good and I giggle and I don't <laughs> talk, this is how I can get people to like me. Wow. So do I want to raise my hand in class and argue, mm-hmm. or do I want to giggle and wear hairspray? I would like to say that Kristen made the right choice. Kristen didn't make a choice. Oh, this um, okay. just utterly depressed me, this yeah. realization. And I just kind of chose to be more introverted yeah. and lost my confidence in both directions. I neither spoke up and fought for myself, okay. nor did I seek out attention. And actually, I think it was my core group of, quote, Buffy friends yeah. in college that like made yeah. me gain my confidence back. So I'm not 
Buffy, I definitely think, hit me at the right time where I yeah. was ne- really needed a strong female character. Cool. So, actually, before we get into the first episode, though, I want to mention that Buffy the character, as we all know, yeah. was originally created for a 1992 movie starring Christy Swanson, which was also tit- titled Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to say about that? Uh, not so great. I I remember very distinctly the first time I ever saw this must have been early to mid 2000s like a little ways into my getting into Buffy the uh the series and I saw it on a Saturday afternoon matinee on Fox where it's just like around the house not doing anything and I don't think I saw the very beginning because I didn't realize it was Buffy for like the first five minutes and then I got very confused and then remembered <laughs> like oh yeah this was a movie before it was a show and then I watched it and I was like oh that's one take on this that's not very effective because um, <laughs> it didn't really have any good action the comedy was felt like super flat to me okay. like, there were a couple moments that I really loved the one thing that I think kind of saves the movie for me and makes it almost watch watchable all the way through just for this one moment is when Paul Rubens dies. Mm. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, that's just, that's hilarious. The, like, three-minute-long death scene of him just going, eh, eh, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Which, I, 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 that, that really uh, sold the movie. But overall, yeah, it just felt like a big waste of potential. And mm. especially the cast, I felt like, was actually pretty decent. But it didn't seem like a lot of people were trying, and it didn't seem like they really got what was funny about it. And from what I've learned later on with all the troubles with the movie, it makes a lot of sense. Right. So if our uh, viewers, or listeners, excuse me, viewers... Um, if there are any viewers, please get out, out of the apartment right now. This is very <laughs> creepy that you're watching us as we're doing a podcast. So if any listeners were unaware, uh, Joss Whedon, who's the creator of Buffy, uh, left set of the movie in the middle of production uh, Mm -hmm. because he disagreed with all the changes being made to his script. And I think that's pretty obvious. This is, in my opinion, Buffy the Vampire Slayer in name only. Yeah. It is the idea without the vision Mm -hmm. of Joss. Yeah. And because of that, I'm actually okay with it. I kind of view it in the same way that everyone named Mike. Yeah is not the same person. <laughs> yeah. So these are two different mediums yeah. that have the same name, but are just two very different things, mm-hmm. and I don't even consider them related. I actually think it works well as an 80s comedy. I think it's probably okay. a perfect 80s comedy. Yeah, That might say what I think about 80s yeah. comedies, but I think it's funny, I think it's fun, and I, I can see why someone might enjoy it. Yeah. Then again, I've only seen it twice. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying about 80s comedy. It does have that kind of vibe to it where it feels like when you say 1992, I always forget that it was made in the 90s because it seems like a really cheesy Mm. 80s. It seems like a sequel to One's Bitten almost. Yes. Yes. Uh, Yes. Yes. Uh, Which if it had been, I think I would have had a lot more respect for it. (laughs) If just Lauren Hutton comes out of nowhere and starts attacking (laughs) Christy Swanson, that would be a movie I'd watch. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, that's. That's we should kind of I don't know ship it or something, um, do a mashup, but yeah, it, but it just feels like almost like somebody thinking they're better than an '80s comedy with this premise, and then but just not being. Yeah, and that's it was yeah it was it was more just kind of like a disappointment, but you know it's what caused Buffy to exist. So, so we have I'm to fine. appreciate it yeah. in that way. Yeah. So after the movie came the unaired 1996 pilot. Mm-hmm. It's only like 25 minutes long. Yeah, uh, I've, do you have I've, opinions? I've only seen chunks of it, but... Uh, oh, it, it's on YouTube. Okay, okay. Yeah. I should, 
I should rewatch that then. It, I mean, I will say it's only 25 minutes long, and it is like someone took the first episode of Buffy and cut out 20 minutes. Because yeah. it's, it's really just a shortened version of Welcome to Hellmouth. Yeah. Um, with a different Willow. Mm-hmm. She, everyone likes to hate on her. Mm, yeah. She's fat. Mm, she's terrible. She's different. Yeah. I'm tr- I keep trying to put my finger on how she's different. She's, I think she's just a little joyless. Okay. She's still a nerd, but she doesn't take as much joy in being a nerd. Yeah. But she's fine. Um, I actually do like the principal better in the pilot. It's yeah. Steven uh, Tobolowski. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I remember seeing him in clips, and I just love him as an actor. Like, Absolutely. whenever he turns up, he'll, he'll like improve a movie by a letter grade for me. Yes. He's just, he's so yes. much fun to watch. That was the dehoozy. <laughs> all I can think of. Yeah. But otherwise, it's just a short version yeah. of the first episode, which is what a pilot is really yeah and i i don't know I, I feel like it's kind of unfair to judge a willow on the first episode because so much of what makes her really interesting is her evolution granted absolutely Alison angan's great in the pilot but yeah or the second pilot i should say right all right with all that being said let's head into the sunnydale stacks and open the books on welcome to hellmouth Uh, So Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV series, premiered on March 10th, 1997 with Welcome to Hellmouth and The Harvest played back-to-back. Good thing, because it's basically one long episode. That Uh, to be continued, first thing to say it, that worst to be continued ever. Just keep going. Yeah, just just keep going. There's there's no, it's not a good cliffhanger. So the show started because he, or the idea of Buffy started because Joss wanted to create a show that defied the stereotype of Mm -hmm. the dumb blonde that gets killed in horror movies. So he starts out with a bang yeah. on this first episode. We start with a blonde. We'll mm-hmm. find out her name is Darla. Uh, and oh, did she come up again at all in any like Whedon-related projects? Shh, spoilers! Oh, sorry, spoilers, sorry. Mike! A blonde and a douche. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they break into the high school. We assume to go make out on the roof, mm-hmm. I yeah. guess. Uh, the girl keeps hearing noises mm-hmm. and is scared. Now, if this were a typical horror movie... Yeah. The boy is a vampire. Yeah. He's gotten the girl alone. He is going to mm-hmm. kill her. Just nails this. Yeah. Uh, right away, he uh, delivers on his core concept and flips the roles mm-hmm. so that once Darla is convinced that the school is empty, she attacks the yeah. boy. And all the Boom. dialogue is, I, I think, is really clever about how it seems like, oh, she's just being the innocent schoolgirl, which is kind of her act, but also a really good way to find out, like, oh, I'm alone. Um, this is a secluded place. Nobody's going to find us here. Now, weird lion uh, sound, and I'm going to eat you. Um, <laughs> weird lion sound. Yeah, that's definitely in the first couple episodes, they, there's... Some of the uh, effects and screams are a bit a bit stock. What? Vampires always have glowing eyes. What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I love Julie Benz. I love that mm-hmm. when I rewatched this, it works even better because I know that she's yeah. playing him. I love that she comes back. Mm-hmm. And I love that right away Joss is telling us, like, don't trust what you know about the exactly. horror genre. Yeah. I'm turning it on its head. Yeah. It's a really good way to kind of summarize what the show is going to be in a cold open, which Absolutely. is hard to do. So now we meet Buffy Subbers. She's starting her first day as a sophomore at Sunnydale High. Mm-hmm. She and her mother Joyce have just moved from L.A. after Buffy was kicked out of school for, quote-unquote, fighting. Mm-hmm. And as we'll learn later, later bur- burning down the school gym twice. <laughs> Uh, which, by the yeah. way, the first time I watched the movie, I was yeah. really disappointed. That she doesn't burn down the school. Because uh, yeah. I, I definitely saw the movie after the show, and I was like, mm-hmm. what is this? This is bullshit. Yeah. 
Well, I, I, for the longest time, it didn't register to me, and I just, like, then I kind of, like, retconned at myself of, like, oh, she just burned the school after what we saw. Um, I did the same thing! Yes, I yeah. had to justify it in yeah, my mind. Yeah, it was like, I don't know, I guess they must have cut that for time, but uh, apparently <laughs> it was it was in the original script. <laughs> the scene to cut for time. <laughs> yeah, good for time. Good for time. Um, we're going to cut the, the scene with the sled at the end of Citizen Kane. <laughs> it's just, it's running a bit long. I'll just cut that. But yeah, uh, the what I, I found out later is that the show is a sequel to the script for the movie, not a sequel to the movie that actually happened. And in a lot of early stuff, they just say like, oh, if you've seen the movie, you can watch the show, and it works as that. You get what but, a slayer is. Yeah, yeah. You, you get the basic concept, although a lot of things change, like the vampires turn to dust in the show, cramps aren't a big issue in the show as oh far as... Oh my god. Yeah. And that's why uh, PMS late- isn't a sign of vampires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, later on, I think there's the line where they're underground, and I think it's almost a play, like a little wink that Joss Whedon puts in, where uh, you know they're coming up to the layer of the master, and she says, "We're almost there. How can you tell?" Pause. It's like, oh, are they gonna say the cramps? No, there's no rats. And I just felt oh. like the way that scene was scripted. Oh, I didn't get that. Feels like a little like wink, like, hey, I, I know that was stupid. I did not put that in there. Yeah. Here's, here's really, she's just going to actually be smart and figure out why the, the vampires are close. So Buffy and her mom are looking for a clean date. Slate in Sunnydale, no fighting, no trouble, just a normal high schooler. Or so she thinks. Ugh. So she goes to her first day of school. She meets Principal mm-hmm. Flutie, who tells her he has... I love this. Yeah. I absolutely love this scene. Tells her she gets a clean slate at Sunny Sunnydale, mm-hmm. and then upon and then rips up her transcripts. Yeah. And afterwards, he cl- catches a glimpse of what she's done in her last school and starts to tape them back together. Mm-hmm. This kills me every time. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it, it, it's a nice introduction, and I like the fact that they play a lot of it on her, which apparently was something they weren't originally planning on doing. But you get to actually see a lot of her in that scene and kind of like get a lot of her character, <laughs> I which love is it. really nice. That's so great. Uh, so on her first day, she meets Xander Harris, mm-hmm. who's played by Nicholas Brendan, uh, Willow Rosenberg, yep. played by Allison Hannigan, and Jason McNally, who we won't even say who he's, yep. who knows. Yeah. Uh, and Cordelia Chase, played by Charisma Carpenter. Um, I actually do know it's Eric Balfour. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, who I feel like I know, even though I don't know why, because he's only in this and a couple of other really not so great things. I don't know why I feel like I know him better than I do. Like, I feel like, oh, I'm, I've seen a show with him. And it's like, no, you've seen two episodes of Buffy that he's kind of in. But yeah, I don't know why, but he, his name always stuck out with me. And one thing that I thought was really cool that I'm really sad they didn't get to do. Originally, it was scripted that he was going to be in the opening credits for the first two episodes. Yes. Which would be so which, cool. But Joss gets to have that plan later yeah. Yeah. in the series, which he won't give away. But that he, yeah. d- he finally does get to realize that dream of mm-hmm. really tricking the audience yeah. with the credits. Yeah. It's I just, always forget that Jesse exists before I go back and re these episodes. Yeah. I mean, spoilers. I don't know why I would forget about Jesse. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you've you've watched the first two episodes at two. least. Um, if not, at least, um, Stop, good pause. We appreciate you yes. listening, but go back and re- listen, watch these episodes. Yeah. Uh, so, also Cordelia Chase, who is the resident mean girl, who I swear to God, I had three of these in my high school. Mm-hmm. So D- Buffy's hopes of normalcy completely gone yeah. when she goes to the library to get textbooks. First mm-hmm. off, doesn't your teacher give you textbooks anyway? Yeah. Moving on, <laughs> she meets Rupert Giles, the very, very oh. British librarian, and instead of getting her textbook, 
Giles slams a giant vampire book down on the um, counter. Excuse me. I have so many things. Vampire is the correct. <laughs> question for you is it vampire or is it vampire because i definitely read it as vampire every time i think that that might be the more traditional or maybe that's the americanized i I don't know that's the way i've always heard people say it when it's spelled like that but i'm not sure if it's just a joke honestly if that's just the joke on that weird old-fashioned spelling of vampire maybe that's the british spelling of vampire Mm -hmm. i don't know also big thing about this scene is bugs me i love love buffy but this bugs me so he says, I have what you're looking for. Shows yeah. her the book. She says, oh, that's not what I'm looking for. Are you sure? Very sure. And she <laughs> leaves. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. What can I help you with? This is the wrong yeah. reaction. Yeah. You just freaked out a high schooler by slamming a yeah. book about demons in front of her. Maybe yeah. explain yourself. Yeah, I feel like both parties in the situation should know a lot more about what's going on. Like, she should know. Oh, are you? Do you know um, the guy from the last time? Maybe did you talk to the the people at the last school? Or like, hey, I'm pretty sure you're the vampire slayer. Don't go away right now. If he thinks he honestly has the wrong person, cover your ass. Dude. Exactly. Like he does a lot of things in these first two episodes. Where if it wasn't like he's the watcher, she's the slayer, and it was just like some mistake, he would be fired. Absolutely, if not like brought up on criminal charges for like touching students and being like <laughs> yelling at them violently, and yeah, I almost wish that there was an alternate universe that I could go to where that was the actual premise is that this guy thinks she's the Slayer <laughs> and then just gets thrown into jail. It's the wrong one. Yeah, nice. And it's also like just in terms of continuity when she goes back to the library mm-hmm. and she admits, okay, I'm the Slayer. He, I mean, not even phased. What is going on here? What? Yeah. I, I just don't understand. I feel like there was a scene lost. Or a line lost of him being mm-hmm. like, but it was foretold. You were something. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, and that's one thing that I, I, I'm, I love that they subvert it. But I really wish that just once Giles could get through the whole Slayer speech because I love how he delivers it. I had heard, okay, it's coming up, and okay. I have it written down. But I have to tell you, I had such a hard time finding the whole thing because yeah. it's always interrupted. Yep, yeah, and that's I, the whole big joke of it. Yeah. So I have to say, I also love mm-hmm. the locker room scene where the girls are gossiping about yeah. Buffy. Mm-hmm. And, oh, did you hear the new girl? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, what well, kind of, but I love this line. What kind of name is Buffy? Oh, hey, Aphrodisia. <laughs> and then the next yeah. line, she refers to someone named Blue. Yeah. I think that's typical Joss Whedon. He mm-hmm. doesn't need to hit you over the head with the yeah. humor, but you have to listen closely. I love that. So there's a dead boy mm-hmm. in the locker. Yeah. Falls on Aphrodisia. I thought that was actually a pretty good effect for like the time and the budget. Like it actually looks pretty convincingly yeah, like a dead body. That's pretty scary. Yeah. So Buffy then learns from Cordelia about the dead guy in the locker. She sneaks into the locker room and discovers mm-hmm. there's a puncture wound on the dude's neck. Yeah. Vampires. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffy then storms into the library to confront Mr. Giles um, about the vampire activity yeah. and to let him know, I don't care. I'm retired. And basically she rejects her role as the Slayer. Yeah. Then comes the speech we were talking about. Do you want to read mm-hmm. it? Would you like the honors? Oh, sure. The red part. Let me try my best British voice. Into each generation, a slayer is born. One girl in all the world. A chosen one. She alone will wield the strength and skill to fight the vampires, demons, and the forces of darkness. To stop the spread of their evil and swell of their number. She is the slayer. Yay! Ah. So Giles tells Mm -hmm. us basically that Sunnydale's a hellmouth. It's a center of mystical convergence. It's Mm -hmm. catnip for vampires. They love it here. And that Giles is her watcher, which means that he's her, supposed to be her mentor mm-hmm. and teacher. Slayer um, slays, watcher watches. I mean, it's accurate. Mm-hmm. Buffy storms out. She wants none of this. She just yeah. wants to be a normal teenager. 
Xander, though, overhears this. Yeah. Which, again, big blunder on Giles' part. He should have better knowledge of who's in the library at any given time. Right, and I mean, I would say for the most part, is this library always empty? They do this yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's, uh, I feel like maybe it's an adjunct library. Like, they have two libraries in the school for whatever reason. Or like, their rating scores are just super low. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if you're if your average like living age is till maybe nineteen in that town, true. maybe you're not that's just going to do that fair. much reading. I think I would not spend my teenage years in the library at that point. Then, yeah. Uh, so, meanwhile, mm-hmm. we go underground and we meet Luke, yeah. uh, who's very very casting a very lame spell, <laughs> where he just repeats himself: "The sleeper will wake. Yeah, the sleeper will wake. Which the sleeper will wake. Be the sleeper will awaken. I." I feel like even grammatically it doesn't make sense. Well, and he just forgot his lines because he yeah. just keeps repeating it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Although I, I do like uh, the actor there, Brian Thompson. He shows up later on in the second season in different makeup. What episode? He's the judge. Oh. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I can he, see that. Yeah. You'll see he's all around in like all sorts of genre things. We're like, we need a big guy with a weird face. And it feels like, honestly, like nothing against him. He's, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he doesn't need that much vampire makeup. Like he's got a pretty like wrinkly um in weird face hey uh, the naturally. paycheck's good yeah work yeah. with what you got mm-hmm. uh so buffy goes to the local club the bronze mm-hmm. did you have an underage club in your hometown there was one in like one of the neighboring towns i forget exactly where it was called something really stupid and disco-y like the starfire or something nice um and it just had the reputation for just being full of the creepiest guys hitting on underage girls gross so um i never went there because I don't even like the idea of a regular club, let alone a club basically full of pedophiles. That's not a fun idea for me. <laughs> Only one type of person likes those types of clubs. It's the pedophiles. Yes, yeah. Hopefully. I, <laughs> I, I don't think there's anybody who are just fans. It's not really a, a uh, subgroup. We, we had one called Zero Gravity mm-hmm. that I never went to. Not only was I not allowed, but I didn't even try to sneak in. Yeah. Because... The, I mean, the horror stories I heard about mm-hmm. this place, about yeah. people getting AIDS, about rape, about gang stuff, about drug stuff. It, I mean, yeah. I, that place is still there. And even as, and, you know, a way over 21 adult, no, thank you. Yeah. I never made it in there. I'm I think sure even was, less so as an over, over 21 adult. Like, I can go to just a regular bar. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, the yeah. bronze makes like an under 20 or an underage club look classy, which yeah. they're not. I'm yeah. assuming. Well, except for the fact that the alley outside of the bronze, I'm pretty sure, is the murder capital of the world. Fair. Because yeah. people are constantly, even though Buffy stops it most of the time, I feel like. She's not at the bronze every night. She could, and, though. She could just yeah. camp out there. Yeah, that, that would be as efficient. effective as what she Very does. efficient. Just like, Buffy, get a little... we've figured it out. <laughs> no more traps around the cemetery. Yeah. Just park yourself out in this alley. Yeah. Show over. Yeah. So on route, mm-hmm. she meets Angel. So the first time you saw this episode, did you know Angel's backstory? Yeah. And I actually, this goes back to the beginnings of watching Buffy. Weirdly... I kind of got into Angel first. Angel um, the show. The show. Okay. Not uh, Angel the character. And I guess we can get more into this in a little bit. I really hate first season Angel. At least first couple mm. episodes Angel. I, I don't enjoy him at all. But yeah, so like, yeah, I completely knew he was a vampire. So I, I kind of feel cheated that I didn't have the opportunity to not know when yeah. I first saw it. Um, I feel the same because yeah. I also knew. I mean, I saw Becoming Part yeah. Two was my third episode. Exactly. I knew what so, was coming. It's it's pretty. I'm fascinated by this by season mm-hmm. one Angel. I am yeah. I am so fascinated by him because I'm try. I keep trying to put myself in the mind space of someone who's never seen 
the following episodes and what they were thinking. Because mm-hmm. I gotta say, if I take away everything I know about Angel after yeah. season one, mm-hmm. he is just the worst. Yeah. He's the worst. He's yeah. so lame. He's and it just feels like he has the same scene in every episode where he just comes, gives the vaguest warning possible. He's kind of a dick. He's kind of a dick. Smirks for no reason, um, and then just leaves. I feel like the only reason we like him is because it's made very obvious by Buffy's reaction that we're supposed to like him. Mm-hmm. That this is a potential romantic interest, yeah. and I still have the, like, ooh, it's Angel feelings. Yeah. But I kind of think just because the show wants me to, I don't think it's super earned, at least until Prophecy Girl. Yeah. I really think things turn around in Prophecy Girl. Yeah, and his character definitely gets better, but it it feels so inconsistent with what he becomes later, especially as he gets, especially in Angel, it gets really dour. He just seems like a completely different character. I mean, he's, he acts closer to the Joker these first couple episodes (laughs) than any Angel past like season two of Buffy. Worse, the Joker has a backbone. No, yeah. Yeah, he's like he's, he's like the Joker in high school. Um like before he he became the Joker, you know, like he, his face is still fine, but he's like I'm just going to be kind of creepy and weird and smiley all the time for no reason. Yes. But he does give her the necklace. Yes, which is a good misdirect. I feel like if I didn't know that would be a nice way to kind of like throw me off the trail cuz I would a vampire. Box. It's exactly. in a box. He doesn't touch it. This was a big deal yeah. to me when I first got really into the show to find a Buffy necklace, a cross necklace mm-hmm. like this because if you buy like the officially licensed Buffy cross necklace, mm-hmm. it's like plastic. It's like made out of tin. It's terrible. <laughs> and I was like, "No, I want a real silver. Yeah. It has to be heavy. I want it mm-hmm. to be big, really big." And my mom, I think, at this point, thought that I was getting, like, really back into religion and finding my faith. Because um, I was on this mission to find the perfect cross yeah. necklace. But she did not understand why I could not have Jesus on it. Yeah. She's like, well, I don't understand. What is your problem with Jesus? Like, Nothing. Buffy's doesn't have the Jesus on the cross. I just yeah. want a silver cross. That's funny because um, I wasn't really brought up Christian. So to me, and this also shows how much of a dork I am. The first thought I think of when I, I see any cross is how I can use it to fight a vampire. Yeah, well, I mean, it is useful. We should wear yeah. them all the time. Just in case. Just in case. Just you in never case. And uh, spoiler alert, for the end of the episode, it, or the beginning of the next episode, I should say, it totally just accidentally saves her ass. Oh, uh, one thing I wanted to uh, mention that I found out about the first episode, a lot of it was reshot. Some of it just like fixed tone, some things they added, and the angel intro was one of the things they heavily uh, reshot to basically make it look cooler and more interesting and to make Buffy seem less angry. Because in the original version, she came off as really angry and it didn't read as like, oh, I'm I'm a potential love interest, more like, who is this a-hole? I would kill you if I didn't I mean, a smart girl would. Vampire, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But when, when it comes to angel, at least in the beginning, Buffy is... Loses a lot of her intelligence, I feel like. Which is, you know, if it's somebody you're interested in, that happens. It's true. At least Angel's better than than Owen, but we'll get into that later. (laughs) Um, So Buffy goes in the bronze. She uh, hangs out with Willow, where she encourages Willow to seize the day. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that means that Willow leaves the club with an obvious vampire. Yeah. And Jesse leaves with Darla. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Luke, back underground, Mm -hmm. succeeds in raising the master. 
the effect, I love the idea of how they raise the mastery just kind of comes out of a puddle of blood. But I guess the restrictions of the budget or whatever made them so they couldn't actually like do it practically or even have him covered in blood to begin with. So the execution, I feel like it just doesn't work for me where it's just like this guy cleanly comes out of blood with a nice belt. Uh, I didn't even realize that was blood, I guess. I just assume it's maybe it's just muddy water. See, and that's, that's what thing. I thought. I mean, a lot of like, season one yeah. special effects are hard. And I should say season yeah. one in general, I think because the show's finding its way, mm-hmm. the characters aren't fully developed yet. The special effects are the worst. Yeah. It's really hard for new fans to get into, especially yeah. when you compare it to either the later episode special effects or yeah. modern day special effects. Exactly. Um, Earlier, I think last year, my husband wanted to marathon Buffy Mm -hmm. in order, which is the best thing a husband could ever ask a wife. So we started with season one, and very early on, I started skipping episodes because he was losing interest. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose him. I really, really want to get through all of these. Mm -hmm. But it's not until you're watching it with a new fan that you're like, oh, this is bad. And I know you have strong feelings on season one in general. Yeah, it's... And maybe as we're re-watching this for the podcast, I'll change my mind. But as a season, it to me feels like the weakest. There's still some really cool moments, and it's hard not to have some affection for the origin of anything. But yeah, as a season, I just feel like... Because they're still finding their way. It's just, is, in my opinion, my least favorite season. Um, not to say I don't have affection watching it, but right. it's more like... Watching the first season of The Simpsons where I don't really laugh at anything, but it's nice to see that they were finding their way. I can see that. I, yeah. I think my nostalgia for it takes me a little further than okay. it does for you. It's, yeah. I do not consider it my least favorite season. It's near the bottom of the list. <laughs> But uh, I, I definitely have a little more um, nostalgia for like, oh, it's cute. Look, yeah. it's little Buffy. And that's when we, uh, when I first was uh, watching this again and just looking at the credit sequence even, it felt like, oh, look at all the babies. <laughs> that's the most fun of season one is everyone looks so super young. Even the font is babier. Yeah. It's all rounded. Mm-hmm. It's, it's child safe. <laughs> yes, it's, it's child safe. So none of the young teenage actors cut themselves on the font. <laughs> Uh, so the master arises out of mm-hmm. muddy water, blood, something perfectly clean. Yep. Uh, and he looks different because he's super duper duper old. Yep. He's got a fruit punch mouth and a yep. pig nose. He's kind of Baltimore well, looking. Well, he's, he's based on a bat um, is the, oh, the production design, what they're going for. Fair. Um, research and that's what they find and that's what first came to mind for me although later and i think it becomes more pronounced the fruit punch mouth really does so his, I, I think yeah. the idea is his mouth is stained with the blood of his victims mm-hmm. but it looks it's hot pink yeah and <laughs> and also um and i think it's it's not as evident when he first rises but then like as he goes on it becomes more red but i feel like that would have been better if it was all white you show him biting down on somebody and then it gets pink and then that kind of that image stays with you. Has, yeah, has yeah. a meaning as opposed to like, why is our lips, his lips so pink above where his lips are? Oh, I guess that, is that a, like or a it stain? Or like crusty old, like his crusty old blood Ooh. is not pink. Yeah. Like that would be gruesome. Yeah. Maybe it's too much for like the yeah. WE. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have crusty blood. Well, yeah, it just is like he constantly before every scene, like he just ate somebody and then like comes up and it's like, oh, here, by the way. Burp. Uh, <laughs> burp. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, oh. Hard burn. Hold on. Yeah. Um, I had a really spicy dude just about 10 minutes ago. So excuse me for a minute. Go kill Buffy. Um, <laughs> Which is all he does. Yeah. Uh, so the, the vamp, his mission, 
I guess, is to open the Hellmouth and release demons all over mm-hmm. the earth. Basically, the apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, but back, I think, in the 40s, was it? An earthquake? It was uh, <laughs> It was three score years, which is 60 oh. years. Okay. So, yeah, the 30s. Hey, go me. Yeah. Math. Mm-hmm. Uh, but an earthquake trapped him underground in an old church. Yep. Uh, th- their goal in the- this two-parter is that the harvest mm-hmm. uh, will restore his strength and free him. So he can, you know, continue being a badass outside of his one set. Uh, one thing, I, I like the idea of the-, the set design, but the same way where I also had the problem with the vampire makeup, it feels super Lost Boys to me. If Never you've seen ever- it. Watch Lost Boys and tell me that their lair and their vampire makeup don't look really close to Buffy. Maybe they reused it. It was low budget at first. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. And it definitely feels like that's where they got some inspiration. I think I've even heard an interview where Joss cites that as one of the vampire things that kind of like he took some inspiration from. Okay. Um, which is fine, but it just feels like a little obvious. The, the, the setting underground where in the Lost Boys they're basically in an old hotel not a church, but it's like an underground hotel. That I mean, sank. underground in general makes total sense because you're in California. Yeah. It's sunny. Yeah. At least they didn't pull the twilight route of it's just cloudy a lot. Ooh, yeah. I mean, underground at least, yeah. no sun. They'll mm-hmm. break that law plenty later yeah. on. Uh, and, uh, so, episode two, just a, uh, I will have another twilight reference. I think you might have an idea where it's coming. Uh, I don't, but I'm excited okay. for it. I okay. love my Twilight hate. <laughs> <laughs> I feed off of it. Yes. Like the master feeds off of Fruit Punch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So Willow and Jesse and their vampire mm-hmm. kidnappers end yeah. up at this crypt. Buffy shows up. There's a fight. Yeah. Luke shows up behind her. Suspiciously behind her. Mm. They fight, and then the episode ends on a cliffhanger where mm-hmm. Luke is about to bite Buffy. Yeah. Which I feel like just doesn't work because it it's feels so obviously like, let's just pause here. It, they literally like have a freeze frame and put to be continued over it. And it, it, it feels arbitrary in a way. That's what I don't like about it as a cliffhanger. The only reason I don't like it as a cliffhanger is it the start of the next episode. That I, Like if yeah. we started on Giles worried that Buffy's not back, that'd be one thing. But yeah. we're starting just on this freeze frame. Yeah. I In terms of the idea of it as a cliffhanger, I think... What excites me about it is, again, I'm trying mm-hmm. to imagine watching this for the first time, not yeah. knowing anything. We haven't really seen her super strength yet. Like, yeah. okay, she knocked over Angel. He's a pussy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we don't know he's a vampire yet. He exactly. Just looks like, he's just a, this yeah. douchey dude. Yeah. So I I wonder if I would have actually been scared for her. Yeah. That, like, there's this huge dude, and she is fucked. Well, I think my, my problem with it, and I get that, like, Luke is a specifically really tough vampire, and that's what they're going for. That's why he's the the vessel in the next episode. But it feels like you're kind of taking away kind of the badassness of Buffy before you ever really see it. That's what it feels like to me, because if it was the origin story of Buffy has never fought a vampire before, but she's already fought a bunch of vampires, and this is like our first real exposure. Like, she kills one vampire that is kind of a joke vampire. He's wearing the 70s clothes. He's all like, he doesn't seem like that much of a threat unless you don't know what you're facing. And then, like, immediately the first vampire that looks like at all like a threat immediately takes Buffy down to the ground. I, I mean, I, I just agree to disagree. I think okay. he's been set up as this really strong dude. And I think that yeah. makes her kicking his ass later, spoilers, that much sweeter. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, yeah, I, I could I could see that. Well, and I think the thing that get, gets me about it too is at the start of the next episode, the way she gets out of it isn't even like she overpowers him or outsmarts him. She just happens to have this cross fallout, and she takes advantage of it. But it feels like it. But that's always been a thing with yeah. the Slayer that it's not just brute strength; that it's yeah. it's her instincts and her intelligence as well, which is again. Another reason why I love this show because women are smart and we're you know you don't just need superpowers. Well, that's the thing. I, if she had outsmarted him, I would have been more happy. But it feels like the cross just stumbles out of her pocket. If she had like, oh, oh wait, I, I have this cross. Let me take this and stab you. But it feels like, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think it just kind of falls out. It's not even around her neck. It's like falling out of her pocket. Hmm. I don't know. It just feels like it takes away some of her agency in that, where it's just like, uh, I'm overpowered. Uh, luckily, this cross fell out. Well, being overpowered. Now, that's going to be a theme yeah. coming up soon. Well, so, anything else you'd like to say on Welcome to Hellmouth? Uh, welcome to Hellmouth. It, it's probably of the season one, because it is the first episode, the one that I have the most nostalgic affection for. And I love seeing in a, in a first episode or two things that are immediately dismissed. Like Xander on a skateboard. Yeah, never um, again. Yeah, never again. Eat it up, ladies. Um, although I did find out the reason for that was more practical than uh, like, oh, we shouldn't have Xander on a skateboard because it's not in his character. They just found that it was really difficult to shoot him skateboarding. So they just cut it for budget, basically. I'm such an old lady. My yeah. theory was that it's like, oh, no, he'll hurt himself. We should just not have him do that. Or we need a stunt double to do it. Then we need Xander's stunt double. Yeah. Which, uh, wouldn't it just be his twin brother? Is Kelly... Kelly's not his stunt double. Uh, I don't think so, but I think it would be a smart route to You go. just wanted to bring up the fact that he yes. has a twin. Okay. Uh, which I find so insane! Um, <laughs> so I, I'm i going to save my my roundup for later, because I've, I think these it's so hard to separate these two episodes, because it yeah. is just real, one long episode. Yeah. Especially since the first episode, there's so much that's just setting up people. Exactly. And then like the plot doesn't really get going until the second episode. Exactly. So, we're going to put... Welcome to Hellmouth, back on the shelf. And let's open the books on the harvest. So the harvest begins right with that freeze frame before. Mm -hmm. Buffy's cross necklace uh, saves her from Luke's deadly bite. Buffy then saves Willow and Xander from vampires, but Darla got Jesse. Yeah. Don't, we can't forget about Jesse. Mm. I'm going to say that a lot. Yeah. So Darla and the other vamps tell the master of Dar- of Buffy's powers, and they figure out that she's the slayer. Mm. Uh, they decide to use Jesse as bait. Yeah. Uh, so back at the library, Giles teaches Xander and Willow about slayer lore. I love this scene so much. I, I'm a sucker. I will... I could watch a supercut of Giles expositing for about two hours. I would when not get bored. Super British and overstates yes. everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the five syllable words. Mm-hmm. I love when Giles asks Willow to help him with computer research, yeah. and he says a super long sentence, mm-hmm. and everyone just stares and is like, "Oh, that was terribly British of me, wasn't it?" Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great moment. I love uh, where he talks about contrary to popular myth, this is what actually started the universe, which is actually kind of like it's supposed to be kind of a, a dig at Christianity that like, oh well, the whole everything started in paradise. That's not true. This is the real story. Uh, vampires were here first, and demons, and that's how everything started. Which I think is kind of like a a nice little dig where it's just like, uh, yeah, you you got it wrong in your book. I this like is what it. really happened. So in terms of Joss and 
mm-hmm. religion. I feel like he always sidesteps that question because he also yeah. doesn't say evolution is a thing. Yeah. And every time it's brought up in the show, they're just mm-hmm. like, no, nah, we don't yeah. know. Jury's out. I don't and crosses still work. So, that, I mean, there's got to be work. something about that. So, um, it, at that way, I think he's just avoiding yeah. any controversy of like, I don't yeah. want to debate religion with you. I want yeah. to talk about vampires yeah. and vampire slayers. Mm-hmm. It's it's cool to have vampires get like burned by crosses in holy water. And we're not going to talk about what that means to the overall theological implications. Nope. nope. It's just cool. Uh, so Buffy figures out that uh, Luke must have come out of the mausoleum because mm-hmm. he was behind her. So she goes back there to find the entrance of the crypt. That I really like because it's her like being really smart about it instead yes. of just like yep. um, stumbling upon the entrance or just like following a guy. It's like, wait a minute, this isn't right. This means this. This is why I have to go here. Absolutely. Yeah. This is. Oh, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. Angel shows up. Uh, he appears just as she. He, she's entering the crypt to give some vague yeah. whatever. Be careful. The mm. same exact scene we had in the last episode. <laughs> why is he here? And he won't go in. Yeah. Quote. Because he's afraid. Yep. What? 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 And that's one of those things where it just feels like, for at least first couple episodes, if not first season Angel, makes no sense in the context of the rest of Angel. But it, it, it just seems like he is this scared, weak, smirky guy where it's like there's countless examples of him being a badass beforehand and afterhand. This one weird period in his life where he just decides that he's going to be a coward but has a soul. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to let this girl go to her death possibly. Yeah. That's fine. I could help, but nah. Yeah. I mean like he knows he's a vampire. Yeah. We don't, but he very much knows it. He knows. And if there's like he offered some other way to help other than like here's a cross. It, I could kind of get behind it more, but and and as like supporting the mystery, obviously you can't go and vamp out right away because that would be like I don't know not as interesting. I keep like, is he trying to test her? Like, is it, I want to see yeah. what she can do? But again, she could die. Yeah, maybe test her with an easy vamp first. Yeah, and then at the end of the episode, he's like, he seems almost surprised that she triumphs over the whole thing. He's such a dick. Bronze. He's such yeah. a dick. What a dick move. Even Xander. Mm-hmm. Xander doesn't have super strength. No, he goes for it. Yeah, and even though she's like, no, you can't handle this. He's like, yeah, but I really feel I like have I should. To help. My friend, because yeah. I'm a good person. Yes. yes, And I get Angel's a vampire. He has a yeah. soul, man. Yes, People he has a soul at this point. If somehow he didn't quite. He had half a soul at this point. I can buy it, maybe. But yeah, he just seems very different from any other version of him. Very different from what would make sense for the character, just for the sake of the mystery. I feel like. Why am I supposed to like him? I'm not. Yeah. Why? Why am I supposed to like him? You want yeah. me to like him? Tell mm-hmm. me why. Yeah. Because you want him to be a romantic interest cute. later. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so. Uh, I, uh, there is uh, an interview from like the first or second season of Buffy that I think will get you to never look at David Boreanaz as a sexual being again because he has a thin, no. like, John Waters mustache no. and soul patch. No, it's, David, why? Yeah, it's pencil thin and bo- in the soul patch too, which Ew. I don't think that was ever a thing, having a pencil thin soul patch. I made it for 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Yeah. And then we all came to our senses. Yeah, and it was like, this is my big thing I'm doing in between seasons no. so no. I can uh, look cool. And no. it's just, oh, it's so uh, bad. Was he wearing a beret? Uh, no, he's, and what makes it worse is he's just wearing like a t-shirt and some kind of slacks or something. So it's not even like he's going for like a re- weird French look or something or a bohemian thing. He's just like a regular dude, but with 
thin mustache soul patch. Oof, no. Yeah. Uh, so Xander follows Buffy into mm-hmm. the mausoleum, and they find Jesse, who, surprise, he's not only bait, but he's also a vampire. <sighs> That's I, I like that, because... It it's, is a surprise. Yeah, it is It is a genuine surprise, even though if you really, like, were heavily thinking about, like, well, how did he get away? There are all these vampires that are super strong, but you're kind of like, you want the good guys to get away. And you may think this will be a returning character at this point, because you don't know. Maybe you didn't watch the opening credits that carefully and didn't see that he wasn't in them. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't. Yeah. I will say that, like, I don't watch opening credits that carefully on most shows, so that is not something that would that would strike my interest mm. of like, oh, where'd that guy go? Yeah, I I get weirdly the more I get into a show, the more I get into the credits of like mm. analyzing them and seeing how and Buffy I love it because they change a lot over the seasons, right? And I, it's definitely possible to overanalyze. For for instance, I found out through research they changed the theme between. I think it's between the second and third season to just a different recording of the theme by Nerf Herder, so it's a little bit more on beat. Weird. Yeah. Weird. I am a really big hater of spoilers. Mm, I yeah. like I don't like to read articles on movies that are coming out. Yeah. I almost don't like to watch the trailers. Because you never um, know if it's gonna be something that really no. spoils. It. And there are some movies where, where they just they tell you everything in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Like, well, fuck you. I want that should have been a surprise. Yeah. So I I very early figured out that like don't watch the special guest starring yeah. or starring special guest credits. I do, block those out of your peripheral I vision. I do try to I, I have actually found myself, especially in recent years, where I feel like just even knowing like the type of person that might be on, let alone like if there's somebody who's been on before or that I know plays a certain type of character, I will literally sometimes put like my fingers up over the bottom third of a screen during the opening credits just so I don't get spoiled. No, I hate that. You're yeah. like, oh, Eliza, you know, special guest Eliza Dushku. Thanks. It's yeah. no surprise now. Faith will be here. Yeah. Um, which is why later on in the series they do a really cool episode where somebody comes in that you're not expecting and they save the credit till the end credits, which I think is awesome. I'm not sure if we want to spoil that. D- let's say yeah. that. That's that. Yeah. There is a very small part of my memory that knows what you're talking about, and everyone else. Got, wanna, the rest of my memory yeah. is going. I don't. I don't. I got yeah. nothing. So I I always remember that Jesse mm-hmm. dies. I never remember that he becomes a vampire. This yeah. Always, I, this always is news to me. I I forget every time, and then when I rewatch it, I remember as a human character, and vampire, you don't see that much of him. As a human character, I hate Jesse, and I'm super glad that he's gone. Right? Because he's, he's not he's not great. He's not great. He's like... He's, he's, he's lecherous. Yeah, he's, he's like a creepy stalker towards Cordelia, which I feel like, for some reason, you could get away with that in every 80s movie, but by the, like, the mid to late 90s, it felt like that was... People were getting more smart about that's not really cool, man. Like, she's not interested. Let it go. You're just being a bad person at this point. I think it's also better because, I mean, like, Xander fawns over Buffy later in the season yeah. to almost annoying degree. But with Jesse, it's also like, yo, Jesse, Cordelia's a bitch. Yeah. Well, probably Buff- yeah. don't. Just don't. Yeah. And with Buffy, I think it, it the reason I'm not as offended by it as with you know Xander and Buffy it's like well Xander and Buffy are friends like true they have a relationship they have a relationship it's not like this person that clearly hates you that you seem to have nothing in common with that you're just obsessing over I guess because you think she's cute that's what what really creeps me out about it and that's all we really get to see of him other than like oh him and Xander are bros he's really obsessed with Cordelia it's the same thing as Angel. You want me to like him just because you want me to like him. Yeah. But I'm glad he's dead. So bye-bye, Jesse. Yeah. Uh, so Xander and Buffy run. 
and this is, I hate this, this, mm. I will, this might be, I think, the worst moment of the entire series. Oh, wow. Buffy needs help closing a door. Yes. She needs help closing a door. I, she has superpowers. In the show's defense, it is a rusty door. Xander's strength <laughs> should be a drop in the bucket. Yeah. She has superpower. This sucks. Well, this it's sucks. weird. The end of that scene, it seems like for some reason, maybe they just forgot that she had super strength because then when they get out of that room. He has to drag her out. He has to drag her out. Like she can't get her, her leg free from one vampire. What happened to the blonde isn't the damsel in distress yeah, it's because like she seems very damselly right now. Yeah, it's it's uh, super I weird. It. I don't I hate it. And this, yeah. I mean, this is a problem throughout the series that her strength, the level of it mm-hmm. isn't consistent. Yeah. It's the same thing they have with, you know, Superman. You never know. Like, one comic, he can push the entire Earth out of the way. The next one, like, some guys with robot suits are giving him trouble. It's hard to keep super strength consistent. We'd need everything to write down. Like, take a big black magic marker Mm -hmm. and write down how much everything weighs. Yeah. So we know that there's a limit. Yeah. And everything on the sheet, we just know Mm -hmm. what the limit is. Okay. Uh, so the master turns Luke into uh, what they're calling the vessel. The vessel. Uh, which um, means that from now on, any person that Luke feeds off of, mm-hmm. the master will gain strength and thereby yeah. escape his holy prison. Yeah. Um, which I, I I feel like is a really strong, simple concept of like, this is the magic whaty what that happens in, in this episode. To kind of introduce that idea of what the writers apparently, do my research, I found this out, uh, called the phlebotanum. Um <laughs> It was basically the phlebot, phlebotnum. Say it again. Phle- <laughs> Let me just double check that I'm getting the, uh, the pronunciation of this correct. Um, phlebotnum. <laughs> you got it right the first time and I tripped you out. Yeah. Okay. So the... Uh, phlebotnum. Phlebotnum. Uh, basically, the this is the magic thing that does this. Which is a constant kind of conceit of like, oh, we need this symbol to do this. We need this necklace to I be broken. They do a very believable um, job of doing this to most epi- episodes. Yeah. Like I understand yeah. that all of these demon lore, like these, the Fiaral demon is not a real thing. Yeah, they make it sound very convincing. Yeah, and I, I feel like they, they do a good job of making it just enough so like, okay, I buy that you, you've done some research here. I don't care if it's really real. It's, it sounds like you've done enough research that I'm happy. And I feel like this is a nice simple one. My only problem, and it's more a practical thing with the effects later on, the makeup effects, I feel like I can not see that weird Mercedes-Benz logo on his face throughout the, the entire scene at the bronze. Oh, I before you said that, I even forgot they did a thing there. Yeah, it, and it feels like if you really look for it, you can kind of see it sometimes, but it really just blends into his vampire forehead. I need high-def symbols, okay? Yeah, or just, like, color it. Like, have it... <laughs> Why not have it covered in blood or blood colored at least? It's just like sense. it's like a scab he has in the shape of the Mercedes Benz logo on his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> so they the Scooby Gang figures out mm-hmm. what the plan is, and Xander predicts yeah. that uh, Luke will be going to the Bronze because this is where he'd go to feed yeah. on people. Uh, so he's right, and Luke and the other vampires bust in the bronze and start attacking people. Uh, Jesse gets weird with Cordelia again, mm-hmm. so we're glad that he's the undead. Um, before we get to that, I do like the one little scene before that of the grounding with um, Buffy's mom. See, I don't like this scene. I, 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 I feel like it's a bit on the nose, but I can handle on the nose in a pilot because you really have to like, this is what the show is about, guys. Um, and I feel like 
I would get it most of the time. Most people would get it most of the time. But, hey, some people might be dumb. This is a good scene, I think, to kind of express what the show is about uh, on one of the levels is, like, dealing with teenager stuff and dealing with the end of the world. Literally, her mom says the very, you know... Oh, it's uh, not like it's the end of the world. Yeah. Uh, or uh, I think it's every everything seems like the end of the world when you're a 16-year-old girl. Um, and for Buffy, it is the end of the world. Yeah, and I think okay. that's that's a nice little like summation of kind of the the central gag of the show, the central conceit of she's dealing with teenage stuff and with the hyper horror movie end of the world stuff. I I do admit that it is a very kind of broad scene in some sense, where like the next image is her going to the trunk and taking up the typical girl trunk stuff and seeing all the vampire stuff. Although I do love that she just has a giant jar of communion ra- wafers, which I don't think she ever uses, but I really wish yeah, that was Yeah, what do those thing. do? Like, does she, <laughs> does she feed them to the vampires? Like, here, take this Ritz cracker. Oh, Ritz cracker. Oh! <laughs> it's consecrated. Yep. Uh, see, that's interesting, because I, I actually kind of purposely skipped over the scene, because I was yep. like, uh, this adds nothing to the episode. I'm skipping it. It's boring. Yeah. But I think I'm taking for granted the fact that I know the concept of the show and yeah. know her struggles between normalcy and being a slayer. Mm-hmm. So I, and, I see how it's yeah. how it's important. And it reads like a, a rough draft of a lot of those scenes that are a little bit better done later on where it's a little Maybe more nuanced. that's why I don't like yeah. it. It's like, we, we're going to do this 50 times in the future. Yeah. And just it's, better. It's like an angel warning scene. It's like, yeah, I get it. You're going to say it. something vague. We don't hear a vampire yet. I also don't like early joys. But I don't think I'm supposed to. No. Teenagers and their parents. Like, I yeah. should be sympathizing with Buffy, where it's no. like, oh, mom, you're a pain. Yeah. I don't, I don't think she's as cartoonish as a lot of moms are in, in any high school thing. But, yeah, she's definitely not as full-fleshed a character as she should be. Right. It's interesting that uh, when I recently watched My So-Called Life, mm-hmm. I was totally empathizing with the parents. And I think yeah. that shows that I'm now old. Yeah. That I'm like, oh, this kid is the worst. And watching Home Alone, <laughs> I'm so sympathizing with the parents. I'm like, this yeah. kid is a terror. Mm-hmm. The worst. These poor parents. Yeah. In Buffy, I don't do that. Yeah. Maybe it's just because I know that Buffy's right and Joss, Joyce just doesn't get it. Yeah. Well, because she legitimately has a good reason for doing all these things. She's not just like out partying or, or being irresponsible. She's like saving the world. And she needs to not tell her mom for a certain amount of the show. So it's a lot more relatable than, like, Kevin McAllister is just like, I didn't get cheese pizza. <laughs> uh, so they go into the bronze. Um, mm-hmm. Buffy breaks in just as Luke is about to bite Cordy, who has the best scream. I mean, this is a good yeah. scream. Yeah. Xander accidentally kills Jesse. I... I kind of really love this. I know there's some reasons I shouldn't, but I kind of love it because it's a subversion, which was what the show does so well, is that it's this really tense moment between these two characters, and you think it's going to be this drawn-out thing of, like, I have to kill you. No, you don't. I'm your friend. I have to kill you. And it ends up being kind of an accident. And I agree, I, I will agree with that. I yeah. like that there is a dark humor there. Yeah, where like- it's, it's like, it's supposed to be this big, long scene, and it's some random girl pushes him into Xander's stake, which, side note, is more closer to his trachea than his heart. Um, Jesse has a terrible condition. Yes. Oh, no. He was going to die anyway. <laughs> he has heart throat. He was going to die. You know, classic case of heart throat. Heart throat. Oh, no. <laughs> that never ends well. Yep. I hate this scene because we never hear about Jesse again. We think okay. that this is Xander and Willow's, like, yeah. bestie third friend. Mm-hmm. This should be a traumatizing thing yeah. that comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. You will never hear the word Jesse, Jesse again. again. No. Ever. Yeah. 
that I, I mean, yeah, I, I that does bother me. I don't I don't blame Jesse's death scene on that as much, but yeah, it does feel like oh he's dead. I kind of killed him. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't come up even later in the episode it doesn't feel like no at the end of the episode it's like well yeah. that happened even if they had like one good scene of like oh I can't believe I killed Jesse well you had to because you know he was a vampire sure He's, you actually did him a favor I mean they do have the thing earlier where they talk about um, you're not killing him you're killing the thing that killed him right which I love that line I love that sentiment but I feel like you need that after you kill your best yes. best quotes friend yes it would be interesting if they had brought Jesse back for the wish. That would be interesting. That would have been good. Yeah. Because I at that point would have totally forgotten that he existed because yeah. we don't talk about him. Yeah. Like, I wonder if there's even, like, maybe I, I, next time I watch that, I'm going to be sure to look if there's, like, some passing nod to him. Because maybe there's it not, might just be a thing. Okay. There's totally not. Okay. Oh, another thing I wish they had done and we might be talking about more about this later, is that in the scene where the master kind of calls out his one henchman and pokes his eye out. Love it. Um, I really wish that later on in the episode at the bronze, you see that vampire with an eye patch. Oh, that'd be great. I, I, that'd be so great. And, and that'd I be didn't like remember just if that to had just happened. throw that yeah. in there and not draw attention yeah. to it. And I, I wasn't sure if that had happened, if like I was remembering that or if I just wanted it. It turned out I just wanted it to oh, happen. It would have been good. Yeah. Uh, so Buffy distracts Luke with a fake sunrise and thereby gains the advantage to kill him. Yeah, I think that's a, an awesome death scene. It really like highlights her character that she um, can kick ass, but can also just be like, you know what? I'm just going to outsmart you. And yes, she uses and both. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, which I think is a really central thing to her character. That's not just one or the other. Even though obviously it's not easy, you can ha- have it all. You don't have to just be this one thing. One thing I found out in research. That uh, scenario with the the sunlight, it's in about nine hours. That whole exchange was in the original script for the Buffy movie. And that was originally how Paul Rubens died. Oh. So I'm kind of doubly glad that that scene exists in the pilot so that it didn't have to be in the movie. So I can still have my best part of the movie, uh, not saying much, and have this awesome death in the, uh, the first, well, the second episode. Interesting. Uh, so as they leave the bronze... I don't, I don't even know how to say Angel's hiding in the alley. He's hiding in the alley, and he's surprised that Buffy survived, but didn't lift a finger to help. Yeah. We've beat this to death. Let's move on. Although, uh, one, one thing to note, again, in research I've done, that was one of several scenes filmed for The Harvest later on when they realized that they were short on time. So I think that's just, that one is a little bit more forgivable because it's more of a filler scene. Still, like... Think about how you're characterizing this guy. doesn't really make sense. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, filmed later. A couple of the other ones um, where Xander's talking with Willow in the hallway about going to help Buffy. That was filmed later. Actually, the master scene where he pokes out the guy's eye, that was filmed later, added to the script, because apparently they were, like, five minutes short on time. Oh, interesting. I yeah. always wonder about that when I, like, just in general with TV, about, like, how do you know? Because it has to be exact with commercial. Yeah. That's like magic to my brain that they mm-hmm. can do that. Yeah. Uh, so back at school, the student population is explaining away all the violence mm-hmm. with lame excuses. Uh, everything's back to normal, yeah. which surprises the Scooby gang. Mm-hmm. But m- there's more to come because Giles is predicting that this is just the beginning. They're on the hellmouth. Yeah. They'll continue to face vampires, demons, and more. Yeah. Incubi, succubi, apparently two big things that Giles thought was going to be very Never. important. <laughs> Never, Never come up. <laughs> Buffy finally feels that she's fitting in with Xander and mm-hmm. Willow. Again, they're not warning Jesse because they have a new, <laughs> yep. new blonde friend. Yep. 
And Giles mutters to himself as he walks away, the earth is doomed, Mm -hmm. which is just great because it shows up in the series finale. Yeah. And it's just a really nice, like, little, like, you know, uh, button joke at the end of the episode. I feel like those are some of my favorite episodes that have a really good button joke. It really just ties everything together for me. Yes. Overall thoughts on uh, The Harvest? If we're splitting it up between the two episodes, definitely like Harvest a lot more because stuff happens in it, um, as opposed to Welcome to the Hellmouth, which is all kind of introductory. Mm. I I feel like there's a lot of technical wonkiness, but I love the idea of the showdown at the bronze as kind of this first big like coming out for Buffy as this awesome kick-ass character. She's the hero. This is how she's going to save the day. She's fighting a bunch of vampires, even though some of them, I, I feel like, are not the coolest ways to kill vampires. The symbol death. Not a big fan. Where she throws a symbol, you see the symbol. Oh, cam, cuts off the guy's head. Cuts off the guy's head, and then Xander has some line like uh, "heads off to you." I, I forget what it is, but something heads up. Heads up. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> Yeesh. Puns. Yeah. I love a good pun. But I feel like it's super weird that he's not even the one that did that, and True. he's and he's playing the pun. I. So, your thoughts? I I don't know. It's so hard to separate your nostalgia. Mm-hmm. From what's there. I don't think it's the weakest opening episode of a TV show. I don't no. think it's the strongest. It's no. definitely not even my favorite episode of season one. No. But it's really hard to fit in all that origin story stuff, yeah. all that setup, and then have proper yeah. action in there as well. I feel overall, it's as a pilot, it works beautifully because you know the kind of stuff you're in for for the rest of the show. You have a very good introduction to who the basic characters are what the premise is, this Hellmouth, this explains why there's going to be monsters every week. As two episodes of TV, it has a lot to to be desired just because it has all those burdens. It's the first. It's clunky in different parts, but it works as a pilot. All right. We're going to put the harvest back on the shelf. Whoop. So now we all know that Buffy is full of some pretty kick-ass action scenes as well as some less <laughs> than kick-ass but we'd like to take a moment to honor the best with this week's Slay of the Week. Um, my favorite, and I know this is going to be controversial, is the Xander Jesse Slay. I love that. That I just love that concept. Even if you take the characters out of it, somebody threatening to stake a vampire and then accidentally staking them because somebody bumps into the guy, I feel like it's an awesome slay. All right. My vote is for Buffy's first kill in the bronze. Mm. She stakes a guy with a pool cue without even looking. Yeah. And then as she continues to talk, we see just the the fat end of the pool cue kind of like waver mm-hmm. and then eventually fall down as we hear the dusty noise. Yeah. And like the fact that she doesn't even look and she's mm-hmm. just still talking to Luke, she looks so badass. That is that is pretty badass. I do love the off-screen kill, dust coming later. One of my favorite shots is in some scene, some late, later on, is you just see Xander struggling with some guy, a vampire, not some guy, um, a vampire, and then it kind of cuts away to something else, and when you come back, you just see him covered in dust. Yeah. I like that kind of stuff, so I, I appreciate that as a, as a slay. You see it off-screen, the pool cue indicates what happens. I feel that this is the Buffy version of cool guys don't look at explosions. Exactly. Cool yeah. slayers don't look at their slay. No. They're just like, uh, behind the back, don't even have to look. And then you accidentally hit somebody's spleen, and you have to do it again. <laughs> Faith. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a human being slain, not uh, yeah. vampires. So, Mike, you found us a deleted mm-hmm. scene gem. 
this yes. week. So um, this would have been uh, when Buffy is investigating the dead guy. And this is a deleted s- exchange between the principal, Mr. Flutie, Bob, if you want to call him that. Uh, Bob, and Buffy. we're on the familiar now. Yes. All right. So do you just want to hop right in? Sure. Awesome. Oh, Buffy, uh, what do you want? Uh, is there a guy in there that's dead? Where did you hear that? Okay. Yes, but he's not a student. Not currently. Do you know how he died? What? I mean, how could this have happened? Well, that, that's for the police to determine when they get here, but this structure is safe. We have inspectors, and I think there's no grounds for a lawsuit. Was there a lot of blood? Was there any blood? I would think you wouldn't want to involve yourself in this kind of thing. Uh, I, I don't. Could I just take a peek? Unless you already are involved. Uh, never mind. Buffy, I understand this is confusing. You're probably feeling a lot right now. You should share those feelings with someone else. At least he's not a touchy McFeely uh, yeah. principal that is, you know, gropey his students. He just wants them to go away. No, no. The only one acting inappropriate with his students is Giles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as Slayer Watcher, it's it's appropriate enough. Oh, do you ever, um, have you ever researched uh, fan fiction? I am too scared. You, you have a right to be. Yeah. Don't don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first got to college, and this is again when I met my Buffy crew. I'm really going to call them my Buffy crew now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they like that. I this was the first time I had internet. Really, mm-hmm. my family had dial up. We had AOL dial up. I'm older than you. Okay. Internet no, I had internet dial-up, too. The internet too. wasn't a thing. No, uh, I, I, I remember getting AOL and hearing that, yes. and feeling like I was in the future. Yes. Uh, but we also had a 10-minute limit, because yeah. my parents only have one phone line. So th- coming to uh, college was the first time I was like, oh my gosh, broadband <laughs> internet, internet, yay! Yeah. And all I did was um, Google Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, which brought up a lot of homemade music videos oh yeah the the montage ones i still kind of love those i'm sorry i do it's kind of a guilty pleasure fan-made youtube videos set to 90s rock songs are just (laughs) the best they're so great (laughs) i'm a sucker for uh for those but there's also a lot of shippers out there and we can get into the ship's that's short for relationships, folks. Yep. Um, later in the podcast. Not people who are just riding around on boats. <laughs> I um, mean, it happens in Buffy all the time. What are you talking yep. about? All the boat scenes. <laughs> there are a number of people that pair Buffy and Giles up in a romantic relationship. That's so creepy. It's so creepy, and it's not supported by the show at all. No. Like that's, Not at all. It's creepier to me than the inherent creepiness of Angel and Buffy, because he is hundreds of years older than her <laughs> but he's not um, her father figure yeah but that, that's oh. what's really creepy is like yeah. i was trying to find for us the the picture of um the production still of buffy and giles in mm-hmm. the library with the vampire oh, book yeah. and just googling like buffy and giles oh. photo <laughs> so that's, like, that's a dangerous a pornographic video of giles and buffy and i'm traumatized for life now oh. for life i know definitely worst. not to i need to Google wash that. my eyes and oh. then with bleach Bleach my own yeah. eyes. And there are a lot of ships I could totally get behind. Well, not totally get behind. Uh, <laughs> also, but get like, behind. Interesting choice of words. Yep. Uh, you know there. what my ships are like. Um, I, I think there's a lot that I could understand or even feel like, oh, I think that that could actually work. Um, even crazier ones. But like that's one that it does really feel like gross to me. It's just straight up gross. Yeah. 
anything. I'm really anything else. Yeah. Anything else. Literally. Yeah. That's like, the grossest. Angel Giles, fine. That's cool. Fine. Um, uh, even like Xander Joyce, I could get more. I into. mean, that, and that would be supported by the yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Because of Restless. Yeah. 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 That's a thing. Yeah. All right. That's it for us this week. Make sure to like us on Facebook to share with us your Buffy thoughts and memories. Subscribe on iTunes and join us next time when we talk about the witch and teacher's pet when we get lost in the Sunnydale stacks.